Hey, this is Matt Spangler. You're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. Before we start, you do have a uh, tattoo, Japanese tattoo, that says, Mienai Kinishinai on your right arm. Right. Uh, and then on your left arm, you have, Fuzai wa Shinzo yori Seicho o Saseru, which on the, on the right arm, it means if you don't see it, don't worry about it. Or out of sight, out of mind. That's exactly right. That's out right. of sight, out of mind is this one. And then uh, what is it supposed to say on the left? Because it's something about the heart uh, makes you grow. This or, is absence makes the heart grow fonder. Fonder. Yeah. Okay. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. The Japanese translation itself, word for word, will be different. Yes. But it does make sense if you think about it with an English brain. Truly, that I felt like these opposite feelings that I had were like they were strong for me on both sides of like who I am. And I'm a Gemini, so I think I have this duality about myself. And I have a big love for Japanese culture and food. Did you get that in Japan? I did not. I got okay. it from a, a tattoo artist who I met through Burning Man in my camp named John Sultana, who is, uh, is a friend and a great tattoo artist. I, I gotta say, as a Japanese, I grew up in Japan. I yeah. you know, read and write and learning the characters. The handwriting is Excellent. He's a great, he's a very nimble artist. He's a really good with small lettering too. It's not that big. Yeah, it's small. Like it's it, small. It was hard work. Like Shinzo, the second word for the heart, is actually a really hard character. So he actually did that right. And the, the characters, and this is so off topic, but the characters, the way you draw it, there are ways you have to, it's number one, two, three, four, and you have the stroke patterns have to be accurate. Otherwise, if the stroke pa- patterns are inaccurate, it doesn't look right. Right. And that looks like, based on what I see, the stroke patterns are exact in that it looks like it, a Japanese person wrote it. So That's great. it's pretty interesting. Um, well, Pass is the talk <laughs> test. I love it. <laughs> That's right. Well, episode 67, I am, it's an honor and a privilege to have Matt Spangler on the Real Talk podcast. Matt and I go way back where we first met in the fall of 2014, if you believe it or not. That's time right. flies. Uh, what was then a company known as Urban Compass? A small real estate company that had a few dozen agents, a few dozen engineers, maybe less, and significantly less designers, marketing leads, creatives, just marketing people in general. Marketing was basically left up to us, and what was his name? Matt, Matthew Joy, I believe, was his name. Uh, he, he was one of the designers, and we just, he just, Vince we went directly Joy. to the, Vince Joy, that's right. Vince we went Joy. directly to the designer, and Vince made us some awesome uh, logos and stuff like that, but that very was about it. Designer. Very talented designer. Very talented designer, but we were very much a bare bones company. Uh, so Matt joined as the head of creative marketing, building out a team of over 100 members, including a creative studio, an account management, strategy, events, advertising, and media buying team. He also oversaw the creative direction of all brand communications and marketing by building a world-class in-house design studio that provides seamless design thinking across brand, agent, marketing, product advertising and expansion. Trying to make it cohesive is such a task and I wanna go into that with you uh, as we go on. As uh, to present day, Matt uh, expanded the nation, uh, oversaw marketing and creative teams across uh, more than, I would say 150 to 180 offices total, coast to coast. Prior to Compass, Matt was an executive vice president of content and marketing at Tribeca Enterprises Many of you may know Tribeca Enterprises owns the Tribeca Film Festival. That's right. right? And along with other, uh, another half a dozen other creative companies, Matt is a CEO entrepreneur, a business owner, a consultant, 
follow his LinkedIn. Uh, it, it, I could talk probably for another hour if we talked about your work history before Compass. Uh, but what I want to do is talk about your present day, your future, and also what you did here at Compass to date. Just a quick end note, put this in the show notes. Please give Matt Spangler a follow on Instagram at Matt Spangler. No spaces, no periods, no underscores, no commas, at Matt Spangler. So before we get started, I'd like the audience to know who you are. So let's uh, start off with a couple of warm-up questions. So where, please tell me, where are you from and how long in New York City have you lived here and uh, what na neighborhoods have you lived in Manhattan? So I, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm -hmm. I was uh, lived there most of my life. I was actually born in Gainesville, Florida at the University of Florida Hospital when my dad was doing his residency there. But m m most of my childhood in Atlanta. I went to high school there, college in Virginia, James Madison. Oh, then, JMU. That's right, and then New York after that. And I've been in New York, it was basically I moved here in 99, so uh -huh. 23 years now. And I've lived in, I started in near Madison Park. So is that like Madison Park? Is that a neighborhood? Like yeah, well, I guess it depends Madison. on if you're on the east side of Madison or the south side or the west side. It's like right above 28th and Madison was where I was, my very first apartment. And then financial district before there was anyone. Shout out FIDI. FIDI, the 99 Which building? 99 John. 99 John, the Art Deco. The first one Classic. that opened up down there, the first Classic. grocery store in FIDI. Yeah. Um, and then Upper East Side, went all the way uptown. And then West Village, Chelsea <laughs> for 10 years, uh, Soho, and now Williamsburg. Your first apartment that you purchased in the city was in Chelsea? Was in Chelsea, that's in, right. That yeah. was in, then that was a great apartment. 16th and 6th, love that's that right. area. What a great location. And you've actually had uh, the opportunity to taste the best part of every, almost every neighborhood in Manhattan. I was really right? lucky, right? I think that's one of the best things about Manhattan, moving reinvents New York City for you. So every new neighborhood feels like a brand new city. That's right. Did you have a favorite neighborhood in Manhattan? I know we're in Williamsburg now, but do you have do you, any particular area that really stood out to you? I loved living in Soho. When I was on the corner of Prince and Mercer, it was, <laughs> you know, that's such an amazing place to live. You feel like very lucky. There's not that many to me, like amazing apartments down there. It's expensive. Mm -hmm. um, and I just had a really unique apartment. One that I got, you know, that a former, a Compass agent who helped me find it had lived in that apartment for a long time. and had since that time, people that he knew and been connected to have uh, had lived there, Nick Gavin. Shout out Nick. Shout out Nick Gavin, a good friend. He uh, helped me into that place. Great and guy. Incredible, unique building. One apartment in the building mm -hmm. on the corner um, and with an outdoor space, just really beautiful. Just an open loft, yeah. easy easy uh, Thanksgiving entertainment. <laughs> That's right, it felt like a cabin, <laughs> like living in a cabin in the middle of Soho. So uh, what was the story of changing the name from what was Urban Compass to Compass. So when I interviewed with David Snyder, who was the CFO Shout out David. at the NCO at the time, yeah. he um, and I started to meet Robert and Ori during the process. You know, knowing the brand, there wasn't really a brand in real estate that I was that I loved, and and so I I felt like that was a really interesting opportunity, and so I did a lot of research during the interview process. Felt like Urban you know, Compass as a name was quite limiting, right? Talked to them about their plans for growth, wanting to be across the country, be international, the entire thing. And of course, urban is uh, a very limiting word. And so I quickly realized through some research that compass.com was available. Like it was actually not being used 
by any company and not being used by any brands. There was right. no, if you think of the word compass, there was no company that defined that word. And so I thought, what an incredible opportunity. And so I challenged you know, Robert and Ori during the process. I said, I will join the company and take on this marketing role, but I'll only do it if you'll change the name to Compass. And you know, to their credit, over time they agreed. They had been, Ori had already been in talks with the, the gentleman who owned yeah, talk URL. about that. So because you said compass.com was available, and it wasn't available, right? Someone so, owned it. Yes. That's true. Uh, but it, when I say available, it wasn't being used. Uh. So it didn't forward any site. It was actually for sale. It had a for oh, sale it was for sign sale. on it. Yeah. <laughs> it literally had a for sale sign. <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, that was, that was the motivation to create, I think, the opportunity to create a, a really kind of world-defining brand. It's sure. just like singular name. And the name is so meaningful for what the company does, mm -hmm. right? This idea of truly helping all these people find their home, find like the definitive thing and, and the, the guidance that, of the advisory practice of a, a great agent. That's what they do. They help guide people to right. that decision. So it just fits so perfectly. So I was like, if they're not willing to take this chance, then it's probably not the place I, I want to go. Right. Okay. The branding aspect of it. Yeah. That's right. It does ring a good, great bell, right? The moniker. Uh, finding the direction of, of uh, finding a place in this world. Yeah. Right. It's it really eventually nice. became the mission, but at that time, like it was really. It wasn't. This, that wasn't the mission then. That was yeah. not it at the time. Mm -hmm. We used this, you know, as part of the original rebrand, this, um, this guiding you home idea. So we touched a little bit on this, but what did the real estate industry look like when you started in, in the field? And what were some of the biggest changes eight years later? Right. I think one of the biggest, a few of the biggest things I see. One was that agents didn't think about themselves as individual brands. You know, uh, when I was doing my initial research, I, said, I met 100 agents in 100 days. That was my first 100 days. That's I right. wanted to That's meet right. someone I every this. day. I remember this. So I'd walk around the office and I'd sit down with somebody and ask them questions and interview them each day. Yeah. And uh, I asked everybody, can you show me the, the photographs, the things that show what you do and how to define you as a brand? And everyone showed me their headshots. It was like the only <laughs> photograph that they had. Yeah. So they weren't thinking about their own perception, about how they looked, that they were themselves the product. Right. And so that was probably one of the biggest changes. Two is like there was no investments by any companies, no brokerages in technology. There was no any brokerage that was currently investing in Except Redfin, which had a, you know, obviously the totally different model of actually hiring workers and going in a different way. But as far as traditional brokerages were concerned, there wasn't a single company who was going to invest real money right. and time. The IT department doesn't count, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, Microsoft, buying Microsoft Office yeah. is, not, is not part of the investment. Exactly. Okay. How do you think you personally changed the lives of real estate agents? I think one big thing is just giving people pride in their profession. Yeah. You know, like I think again, this getting back to the personal brands of agents, like you know, I said this a lot to my team early on, like I want us, I wanted people to look at Compass agents like people look at Nike athletes. And mm. I wanted to give the same level of creativity and branding and like kind of power, right, through great design to our agents. Can you give an example of uh, a Nike athlete and what Nike has done for them? Well, Nike's again, Nike sells shoes. Shoes are just a commodity. Like anybody can make shoes. Sure. It's, but it's the, the stories of like you buy Nike because they're wore by LeBron James, right? You buy yeah. them because they're Jordans. Yeah. They're called the shoes, the name of the person that wore the shoe. Mm -hmm. It's not like it's, the shoe is defined by the people. Sure, sure. And so to that respect, like I think 
the combination of elevating the best people in a certain profession, in that case sports, and then aligning it with the world-class design was very much in the fabric of how we thought about you know, elevating the agent. So I think giving, like from before, I think to a certain degree, Compass and me joining, the industry of like, we created an environment that made agents more desired, mm. like more powerful in the world. That is probably the definitive thing that if I look back on the eight years of like where it started to where we are today, every, the power of every agent in the negotiating table for what they're worth and what like service that they can provide, the value that people put on that to me is way higher than mm. it was to start. Yeah, I never thought about it like that. Interesting, you know, if you think about it, uh, Tiger Woods has elevated his shoe game by Nike. Right, Tiger, Tiger Woods became a more of a global brand. Michael Jordan became more of a global brand. Serena Williams became more of a, a global brand with the help of they were a, platform a company to like Nike. The best people in their areas. Best, That's best right. Athletes. And Compass is doing the same. You know, shout out Nick Gavin, right? Global platform, helping helping brokers, individual brokers become more of a platform. I think it also leveled the playing field for agents too. Like. Before, you know, without the platform, like software, everything else, like it was hard as an individual agent to compete against like massive teams. Teams have marketing people and yep. finance people and sure. lots of, you know, buyer's agents and all these different things. And, and the tools that we provided really allowed individual agents, smaller teams to grow their business way faster, way more efficiently than I think they ever had a chance to mm -hmm. before. I think that's the other kind of big definitive shift. We're gonna pivot here. What insights can you share about your experience with the real estate industry press? Hot topic. Yeah. This is something I like was, am super close to just because working in marketing and I actually oversaw the communications team at Compass sure. for, uh, for many months from like almost a year time span. Robert asked me to take it over right, before, right around the time we work imploded. Uh -huh. So when there was a lot of attention on Compass because of it, you know, we were solving company and our connection with everybody with, with real estate we just the, yeah <laughs> right? they, they just make the connection oh compass is we work because it's softbank yeah exactly we're yeah. real estate and softbank so like <laughs> we're the same company was basically the kind of press yeah. um i think when i think on the press one of the what i realized is that the real estate industry is sim very similar to the tabloid industry like the mm. quality of press is at the same level of celebrity tabloid they're really headline grabbing, right? Very. Like, like any, you know, media company, they're looking for eyeballs, um, but it's not real reporting, right? So there's there's very little diving deep into the the reasons behind why things are happening, and doing the extra work to kind of talk to the people at the companies, really understand the industry. A couple examples, like when we did that, we were that we. The real deal sent a reporter to cover us on like a big deep dive. The reporter had no idea how the industry worked. We sat down with him and we literally had to explain to the individual, he was from Australia. He didn't understand really anything about the industry. So we're talking to a reporter who's covering the industry and our place in it, but doesn't know. So, and I see this still happening today. Like it's pretty wild to me. I, a recent Curbed article where the headline was like, Douglas Elliman agents, you know, or, or uh, Compass agents leaving to go to Douglas Elliman. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, over, if you look at the numbers and the story over the last few years, over like 600 agents have left Douglas Elliman to come to Compass. 
and there's one team (laughs) they're talking about like a few people recently like less than 10 um moving to go go back um and also the ideas of why they leave right why do agents actually move right it's a combination of incentives and money always right Mm -hmm. why it's the same aspects of a job you're unhappy at a place and or there's a reason from a pay perspective of you go up and so just that was always my frustration with the real estate industry press over time was the lack of really you know going there really understanding what industry do you think gets fair coverage then like real reporting are we are we talking about new york times stories that's right right we're talking about uh you know when human trafficking stories come out and the the post publishes it or the washington post publishes it not the new york post uh is it when the wall street journal does a deep dive into why enron had failed do you think those are more of a leveled, real reporting as opposed to... I do think so, yeah. And listen, this isn't like just uh, something that happens in the, in the real estate industry only, but I've just been amazed in the eight, eight years I was there, I never saw a single truly deep dive on the company done by a reporter at any publication. Sure. Maybe it's just, I think, there's obviously a wide variety of reasons for that, but yeah, surprising. Something that was surprising to me. 100%, aka clickbait, right? Yeah. What do you think about the tough inflation market we're in today? You know, listen, I think like I listen to the other experts more than this. This is not my area of expertise, mm-hmm. but I think I, I think the people like Leonard, I think are people I really look to right now to kind of have great breakdowns. Leonard Steinberg, the you know, chief ambassador at Compass and one of the best agents in, in the country. And evangelist. Evangelist, that's right, thank mm-hmm. you. Evangelist, ambassadors, both things. Um, and you know, to me, the accuracy around this is just a cyclical thing that is you know, going to continue to be driven by the interest rate challenges. Um, I don't think that it's going to end anytime soon. I think it will probably get a bit worse before it gets better. And this is something that's just going to happen. It's part of, yeah. of the ups and downs of the financial markets and the cycles. And so... Um, Cyclical. Exactly. And so I think for me, you know, it's a a race to quality always, right? Like things that are good, quality businesses that work well, kind of housing, the great apartments, these things are always going to continue to have value. And so I see inflation as a a race to quality in so many ways. What's your opinion on Streasy? Incredible, uh, you know, impact that they've had in the industry. Like, um, I remember... You know, like talking to a um, an, an agent over time around the power that it has with consumers is really unbelievable. You know, like they've invested so much money uh, in advertising in the New York area to dominate, and they were really the first. Talk about leaders! Like they, uh, I remember meeting with that founder of, of Street Easy. I think his name was Michael, in very early days, and. Before the acquisition of yes, Zillow. Yes, this right. was well Zillow's before I ever worked at Compass. Yeah. I was working at Tribeca Film at the oh, time. Oh, okay. And yeah. curious just about his business. Yeah. And, you know, talk about someone who, like, really saw the opportunity to, from a technology perspective, to consolidate the complexities of all the MLSs. In fact, that New York didn't have an MLS and all these different things to create a, a definitive product there. I think the, um, you know, they're... I'm really curious about the future of Street Easy, you know, because I think it will, 
as Compass becomes better and better on the technology side, I do think we have a chance as we shift more to the mindset of the consumer in the business to take more and more market share from the consumer side. So, but Estrides is, is an innovator. Yeah, 100%. They took advantage of the real estate industry not investing technology yep, exactly. and, and leveraged our data to benefit the, the, the aggregator. Yeah. Now, they are a moneymaker in New York City. I don't know about the rest of the country with Zillow, but you know, just even just on the rental side, brokers pay a daily fee, as you know. Yeah. And you, know, you have 10,000, 20,000. I mean, at the height of COVID, there was probably 40,000 vacancies in Manhattan. I mean, they're pulling in you know, $4 or $5 million a week yeah. just on rental fees. So, That's I mean, right. so yeah, so they're, 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 they're doing well. I mean, I, I agree with you on... Uh, and I'd be curious to see how they do uh, going into the future. Tech, you're one of the biggest rental agents in New York, right? And you've always had an incredible business there. And like Street Easy, I really see is building all their business on rentals. That's you it. Still see that as the, like the kind of their anal- way analytics. that they continue to grow. And their, their analytics on the rental side probably surpasses that on the sales side by far. And what happens is if New Yorkers, if they keep going to Street Easy and they look at the rentals and then they become buyers, I mean, they're going to go back to Street Easy again. Oh, this is how I always, I've always found my apartments. Exactly right. This is how I've always uh, researched buildings. Yeah. You know, it's always on Street Easy. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say that uh, their presence is, is significantly more felt than any other brokerage's website. Yeah. Just part of the, you know, being, becoming a platform. What does the next year look like to you for Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat? Reddit, any of these other social media platforms? I think you're going to continue to see attrition on their growth. You know what I mean? Like their growth numbers will slow down. Mm-hmm. Right now that you have three, four major competitors that are all in the exact same space with, yeah. the, with the explosion of TikTok, I mean, they ate, they ate market share from Snap. They ate market share from Instagram. Facebook, yeah, everything, everybody. Facebook. Now YouTube, everyone, yeah. everyone's having to change their paradigm to, to go you know, after these, you know, the leadership there. I think we are going to see a significant shift in the um, in what I would call like the the friend communication aspect of yes, those. Yes. You know, you're going to see a lack of people leaving the platforms and go to other new ones mm-hmm. that are better for just direct sharing and for sharing with smaller friend groups. Be real. I don't know if you're familiar with yep, that, but it's sure. definitely another one of these incredibly fast-growing networks. I think the numbers I saw recently was that they grew from. 3 million daily users in April to 10 million in August. Oh, wow. It is a wild like growth story. Wow. And again, it's all about, okay, I don't want to, to do, uh, I can't see my friend's stuff anymore and these other platforms, right? Because the algorithm's just pushing me things and ads. So I'm gonna get off them and I'm gonna go to another area. And I think you're gonna see a lot of attrition in those kind of more friend-centric yeah, networks. How, how do you think it will impact real estate brokers in general? What, is there an app that they, you think they should be focused on or do you think they should just continue to build on what they're building on? I mean, do you have, or be the forefront of the next big thing, like be real? I think it shows anyone who's like really wants and is interested in, in being ahead is gonna look ahead, right? Yeah. Like the people who are the winners who go out early and are like, want to spend a ton of time and there's many agents out there who do are going to be great at finding the next network and investing time to build earlier there. sure but for the vast majority of people it's like do what you do well and comfortably and like obviously there's massive exposure across all of those networks sure and so wherever you feel comfortable grow your audience there but and just be authentic to it and like that's always going to 
result in more growth for your business than trying to chase that's right things be the be the try to be try harder be on the next big thing yeah you know Danielle and I are not gonna dance on TikTok probably anytime soon if I try she'll probably run away but uh, you can always find us on Instagram <laughs> I, I have a friend who uh, who lives in Los Angeles and on Instagram she created a series on her stories that she branded. Real estate agent or somebody no, else? Okay. Someone she's, else named okay. Jess Curry. Mm -hmm. um, she does all kinds of interesting things, producer, content creator, and she uh, she does a curated show she calls Curry TV. Mm. And she goes to TikTok and she basically selects all the ones from her feed she thinks are the funniest and like best and then puts them in the stories. And I just go to her account and I watch <laughs> all the best stuff right there. And so I think it's this like hack. She's version. an aggregator. Oh, yeah, it's a hacking <laughs> version of curation. Yeah. And I know like she's gotten a lot of attention <laughs> and people following her for, for it because again, at the end of the day, it's just really good. And I think you're going to see more of that. Yeah, I like the, I like the creative curiosity that turns into that. Yeah. Um, all right. My favorite question is uh, what, give me a favorite Rob Refkin story. What an incredible experience to get to work with him for so long. I, I bet. And become a friend. I'm jealous. He, um, I think the, the stories that always usually come to the surface when I think about Robert are um, the stories around his like commitment and just like unwavering work, work ethic. <laughs> sure. Like all of the stories kind of have that, that theme, <laughs> That's a theme to them. <laughs> Plugs remember, into a wall. <laughs> yeah, I remember like early on during the... Uh, interview process he told me a story I think Steve Halpern was the first agent that he tried to yeah. recruit after they shifted over from agent to being agent focused yeah and he took the whole company to Steve's like open house I think or yeah something like it, was, it was it was his uh, 214 Lafayette it was a loft <laughs> building open right. yeah and like he literally gathered everyone up took the entire company and showed up at the open house to show him like kind of what you know the commitment right that yeah. he had uh, for him and this, this shift his his holiday party train is is one of the most legendary things. I don't know if you're familiar with this, but he for years, when travel was still a thing before COVID, um, would go to pretty much almost every single major office. That's right. Holiday yes. party. Yes. Yes, I remember. He would go to the party. Yeah. He would like literally end the party after doing a speech or something. Get in an airplane and like fly to the next city <laughs> to, to make city. it to the next holiday party in the <laughs> afternoon. It was crazy. He would go like. <laughs> and holiday parties in one week. I think him and Ori both went together, right? It was wild. Yeah. Um, yeah. And because it was meaningful, like he, by showing up, being there for people, um, you know, it's the same thing as his, his handwritten notes, his, how much effort and time Birthday he emails and... Yeah. His calling every agent, yeah. you know, when they join. I mean, it, it's just, um, it's, it's really something to behold. Uh, you have a quick morning routine? My morning routine, I used to be drink a lot of coffee in the morning, but I've kind of I've shifted oh, yeah. a little bit to decaf and oh. trying to drink more tea. Hmm. Um, I used to be like like three or four iced coffees a day, and I yeah. had to like pull, pull back Go, 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 go. Yeah. yeah. I think... Um, and, and the, the nitro cold, cold brews we had in the office, that's too. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> great. Supercharged, those things, yeah. <laughs> I, lately, it's been Duolingo for at least 30 minutes in the morning, the app. I'm learning Portuguese. My girlfriend's from, oh. from Brazil, and so trying to learn Portuguese as best I can. Okay. And so yeah, 30 minutes to an hour of Duolingo every morning is kind of one of my new routines. Very cool, very cool. Go to role model in real estate. We talked about Rob already, but you have yeah, a- Yeah, no, I, think, I mean, obviously he's one, but I think, I think Leonard a lot. I think, yeah. you know, 100%. the combination of style, class, 
um, kindness, consistency, all the parameters you would think of just like a great leader, someone to look up to kind of thing. Um, also his, I hear from so many agents, you know, when he reaches out to them, when they reach out to him, excuse me, like he, he answers and he spends time with everybody who wants mentorship or guidance. or He answers you know, almost immediately some, most, of the, in most cases, yeah. Unbelievable yeah. in that way. And so him is, he's definitely someone to look up. I think Gordon Golub on the other side. 100%. Shout out Gordon, my man. Just purely for his, um, you know, his positivity, you know, mm -hmm. and, and like how he solves, I saw him solve problems over the years. Just no problem that he couldn't figure out a solution to and talk through. And there's just something about the way he has, he puts the human relationships at the center of solving the problems. And it's like, you know, it's, it's like building the relationship with the person you have the problem with yeah. will allow you to get to a solution at the end of the day. And he's, he's definitely a, you know, was very much a role model for me in that way. 100%. Couldn't agree with you more. Uh, some, some of the best guys. And last but not least, it's another quick question. Being a New Yorker for such a long time, you want to give me your go-to restaurant or restaurants? It's definitely omakase places for sure. <laughs> yes, I okay. want to hear yours too. I, I would say li lately mine is uh, Nakaji. It's Nakaji, yeah, Nakaji yeah, okay. Down in, um, I've been there in Chinatown. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like really special place, um, and the room, the staff, the staff, the chef, just incredible. Yep. And then uh, I also love uh, Kaneyama. Oh, shout out Chef Nobu. I know he's incredible. We, I just ate there recently with a good friend, my friend Meshikai, and it was just re-reminded of what like an amazing place that is okay so uh we, we have the same answer that, that my my go-to is kanoyama and been going there for years taking my family there I mean, right it's just also one of the best deals best. in new york too yeah. like for the for what you know the, the level of quality and service and and at a pretty pretty reasonable price don't be wrong it's still expensive no, but, of course but uh for omakase in new york it's 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 New York, so you could yeah. pay for the ambiance, and you could go to Nobu, and you could go to, uh, you know, all these other, Nakazawa is great too, but you're paying for the ambiance and the real estate and all yep, of that. Yep. But if you go to Kanoyama, you don't have to really, in the, I like the diversity in that mm -hmm. restaurant. In the front of the restaurant, you have, you know, the college, post-college crowd. Um, That's right, you classic know, East Village. Classic you know, East Village, tables, affordable sushi, affordable sit sushi. down, yep, and, and, and affordable sake and all that. And then you go in the back, and you have more of an elevated experience with the, the head chef, That's right. who is also kind of like Leonard. He's consistent, yeah. reliable. So kind. Extremely kind. Yeah. 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 Warm, Extremely kind. Incredible hot host. Yeah, amazing place. Legendary. Yeah. Um, Consistently, too, every year. Just, yeah, just stop like all. behind every year. It's like <laughs> That's 19, right. 20, 21. It's just, it's just That's every, right. It keeps yeah. on going. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, he's great. I um, could only hope every business is like I, you, I'm going to put that in the show notes. You know, you wish that for anyone. That's right. You, you wish that for, that for anyone. Like that's right. Look at you as the Kaneyama of real estate. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Uh, you know you made it if you're the Kaneyama of real estate. That's right. Uh, so let's go into a couple deep dive questions. You you had the special privilege of, you kind of joined like, like I the reason I joined was was almost one of the reasons you joined. You had the special, special privilege of working amongst some of the most interesting people from not just the real estate sector, but various sectors of the tech world and the business world, right? That, that formed Compass. You know, you have guys from, you know, Goldman Sachs, White House, Google, Twitter. Well, Andy's, Andy's background, you know, was in like fundraising and philanthropy. You just have so many interesting, Every intellectually, kind of intellectually interesting people. Yeah. That's right. And then you came in. You know, there are just only certain points in our lives as real estate professionals that can get to 
experience and meet with people like that on a day-to-day-to-day -to -day -to -day basis. It's just other firms don't have that. Yeah. So you know, what did you learn from them? Maybe a story or two with someone specific that comes to mind. That, that, that would be, you know, I think, great for us and the listeners. I think your, the first point you talk is just the power of great people at a business. Like it's true with agents, right, of who you hire on your team elevates you and surrounding yourself with people who are better than you. I think that culture of the company at Compass, Robert built and where he built that, and it's not hard, it's very hard to maintain. And Extremely. see the great companies in the world, they have like all this de facto, the, the level of quality of people, diversity from the town, from various areas across the board, there's A players at, at, at all these places. And so being able and get exposed of seeing that level of quality from a, an employee perspective was Definitely a first time in that way for me. Yeah. And it was incredibly eye-opening to see like, oh, wow, this is, this is what truly great companies look like and how they're built. So that was the first learning. It's just like that is the factor for making great business. Sure. If you don't keep that bar high, then that's, that's where you go wrong. Um, I mean, there's so many people that are were so incredibly talented or still are who are there. I mean, I, Rob Lehman definitely, of course, is a co-host friend and jumps to the top of the list just for people. Yeah, that, shout out Rob, um, one of the best, I, one of the best interesting guys out there. He, you know, when I think about one thing I learned from him, he, this idea of we, of of like positioning, like seeing the industry, seeing something you look at every day, the same thing and then giving it a different angle, which totally changes your mindset for how yeah. to perceive this idea of seeing the, the agents who were leading their teams as like the CEOs of their own business, and then forcing ourselves to ask them, okay, if, if it's a business owner, and there's business to some revetted than others, getting back to the same player, mm -hmm. let's go to the best, the people who built the biggest business. So he went to all the top agents and said, what are the, what's the definitive thing that you all are doing that you think others don't do that is making you successful? And one of the things they kept saying was like, well, we do staging, of the places and we, we support the staging ourselves, we have the furniture, we buy the stuff, we give it free as a, as a value add to win the, and so we, he heard this from various people and then he basically took that in and we made an efficient program, concierge, to deliver that to everybody, to scale that to everyone. So it's this way of like the idea came from just literally asking the best customers what they're doing to be successful and then we applied that same strategy to so many different things. I applied it to marketing. We, we kind of used that kind of methodology over and over again. I totally learned that from Rob mm. um, and, and the way that he thought about things. Um, I think I had um, many, so many incredible people who worked uh, for me over the years, and I learned so much from them. Like They're often so much better at, at aspects of work than I was, and that's why I hired them, because they were great at certain areas. Um, and I learned a lot about giving feedback that, that I got w way better at over time. Um, and I remember there's a, a woman named Haley Marks who worked for me for a very long mm -hmm. time who I think I learned a lot about how to give and receive feedback from. And because I, it's like she was really open to feedback and she could take difficult feedback and then would process it, not let it upset her, and then she would take action on it. Mm -hmm. And so I felt that I could then give her harder and harder feedback. And so that actually made me better at giving hard feedback for mm -hmm. everyone gotcha. I worked with. Mm -hmm. Because I saw that like what she did to then apply it made her exponentially better at her job faster um, in, in many different areas. And so I think about that was something that she really taught me. It came from really caring about her and like her career and wanting her to get better. Right. Um, and I, I really learned that more at Compass than almost anywhere in my career. Um, and then 
There's a guy named Peter Keckley who is uh, Robert's speechwriter for oh. many years. So, so behind the scenes, there's someone named Peter who, um, and Julie Bender, who is our former communications sure. leader, yeah. and who introduced the company to Peter. And Julie, I learned like that she was incredibly passionate about that the formalizing the mission, the vision, the principles, all these kind of things at the business to give us a platform uh, to grow from. And she really drove that when she was there and then brought in Peter. And Peter was actually one who really helped craft the, the mission itself, like uh, as a great see. writer. Um, and I learned just about writing in a voice, writing for audiences from, from Peter, uh, incredibly talented writer and um, has become a good friend and I think someone who Robert I think is you know incredibly close close with and trusts uh, very much over time um, and so yeah and last would be there it's a recent example but like Matt Rosenberg our head of, our head of the SGM mm -hmm. team and he brought on a, a, a kind of partner he'd worked with a long time Chris Aker who really led the day-to-day -day sales engine of like going out and bringing new agents to Compass and he used to send these Sunday emails and these things were like something I've never seen. Like the detail, the, so he would summarize the week, what needed to be done after the fact, um, you know, the insights that he took away from the reporting and the dashboards he was looking at and the, and the actions to take and the metrics they had to, it was just so eloquently put. He would include a story about his family to start it and he was really, the amount of time he had to spend on these were unbelievable. But I walked away from thinking like, this is what greatness like looks like mm. you know, this ability to distill all this crazy information, get the most focused thing, put it in a single email that like gives everyone an action items to do and get inspired by every week. Like, you know, it, this. And this was for, this was directed to just marketing or? No, this was just to all the salespeople at oh. Compass across mm. the country, all the SGMs, everyone who's talking to agents in every market, growing expansion team, all these sure. people who are out there growing the business, mm -hmm. the growth team. Okay. And, um, he, obviously, we worked very close with that team to provide them with marketing support. That's right. So we would be on the emails, and my leaders would see it as well. And it really showed, like, this is the engine that grows the company. This is what we as marketers should focus our attention helping to, to, you know, to implement. And it, it, was, uh, it was definitely a master class in, in that for me. Hmm. Working on the brokerage side, I had no idea about the speechwriter, had no idea about Matt's uh, emails. I wish we were exposed to a little bit of that. You know? Right? You know, give us some of that, give us some of those nuggets. It's incredible. I yeah. wanted to share stuff that I didn't think like you would, you know, that's what you said. There's so many talented so people yeah, working right. on behalf of Compass Agents, like in every position. And those are even people that no agents really get to. That's right. We need, to. I, I wish, you know, the old days where we were all under the same roof, we were exposed to more of that. Yeah. Unfortunately. But uh, as the companies grow, obviously things change. So Rob said something. He told me something really interesting uh, back in the day, and this is shortly after you joined. Uh, but he said that, uh, quote, no company has perfected real estate marketing. And, end quote. So nothing, right. no company has perfected real estate marketing. I mean, in what ways, right? So do you agree with that notion? In what ways do you think Compass has done a better job than its competitors in marketing their brand and story? In what ways do you think the competitors are doing better than us in some ways with marketing and branding their company? You know, and, and, and what do you think about, going back to, again, the first question, you know, no company has perfected real estate marketing. You know, what do you think, what, what are your thoughts on that? What do you think he meant by that? I think back at that time, mm -hmm. you know, there, there were there's so many ways that you can do marketing. Right. And like, I don't think, again, real estate agents 
are their core business in many ways is marketing. And so like there had never been perfection that because it was all done manually. Sure. And I think that was where probably he, he focused his thoughts at that time. I don't think the reality is marketing is never going to be perfected. Right? Like, well, you would think Nike has, I mean, their brand is phenomenal. But even then, like it's constantly changing and evolving. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's the thing about marketing. Like it's never going to be done. It's never going to be perfect or perfected because there's always some new way to think about it, right? There's always some new tool. There's always something that's going to shift to align with the trends of the moment, right? A new social network that's rising, whatever sure. it might be. Um, but the same principles that like make, like I said, that make Nike great are still the same mm-hmm. at the beginning, right? They, they have, they know who they are, what they believe in. They support these athletes. They champion them. They hero them. Like whatever new media it is, that's mm-hmm. still what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. They tell amazing stories about, you know, the power of sport and it's the same with companies. I think we were good about just focusing in and staying true to what is the most important thing, which is these incredible stories of the agents, right? And the impact that they make on people's lives, um, changing people's perception of the quality that they can deliver, sure. and, and then giving them all the tools to do it themselves at an incredibly high level. You know, I think the, I've seen, that's the other thing, the industry has literally, everyone has come up to our level. Yes. Right? Like at the beginning, there, we were, there were years where we were the only ones doing this. Yeah. And then we, that's why we grew so much in the beginning because agents were like, oh, I'm going to go over there where I have this, all this amazing capability and yeah. this marketing team with great designers. And then the, the other brokers were like, well, we have to. They're waking up. Spend. Oh, what's, what's going on? And it took a couple yeah. years. Oh, yeah. But now, like, you know, eight years later, yes, like, you know, there's, there's resources at all these places that are trying to, to match and go beyond. I look at something like, um, you know, obviously Ryan Serhant is like incredible what he does and he Very. understands the pulse and he also sticks true to what he knows. And I think like his building his in-house studio for the, for video, for marketing the, team, for the, the New York agents, video, it's like a video suite. Exactly. And offering them that service, I think is a really smart thing that they do better than we have. We have our own version of like ability to make, you know, videos to video studio and software that we've built, but his has a slightly more human and tailored version, which a lot of agents are, are attracted to. And I think, yep. so I think they do an amazing job that, that better, in many cases than we do. And I think there's a lot to learn from that. Um, I think obviously we, we've never spent much on, on marketing to the consumer. You know, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's never been a focus True. that the brand had. True. Um, and obviously the amazing part is by focusing in on, on, on marketing to the agent, that is our business. That's what drives it. And um, not wavering from that has been our biggest area of success. But it also means that brands like Street Easy and others like have gained a lot of market, market share against us still. And I think Street Easy does enormous amount of consumer campaigns in New York. I see them all the time. Do you think Compass needs to do more direct-to-consumer marketing? Is this an, an important aspect of real estate brokerages in your opinion? I think you're going to see, I'm really curious about the future of Compass and the impact that consumer tools will have. Sure. So we have been working on more client-facing, and again, not really consumer, the clients sure. of, of you. Yep. And how do you offer them more capability to manage their own process 
and the investments that we made this year, I think, are huge in that area. And so the stuff hasn't launched yet. But next year, I think I'm really curious to see when that stuff launches, when someone truly like has the ability to manage their entire, their own personal uh, real estate transaction from the kind of search to the signing with their agent in a partnership, like taking collections and going well, well beyond it. Mm -hmm. How much impact will sure. that have on the brand and how much impact will have against places like Street Easy and others and how much market share will it help us gain? Because I, I think it is the next wave of how of it will be the big growth engine. I see. For Compass. Speaking about the future, at the DC Compass retreat back in May of 2018, we've traveled a lot together. I know. Yeah. At 2018, you, you sold a vision about how every phone in America will have a Compass app on it and the users will be experiencing an end-to-end -end platform when it comes to their real estate needs and, uh, and experiences. What do you think about that quote that you said back then? Do you think it still holds true? And we just sure. talked about- It sounds kind of crazy now. <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, do I still believe that there's a world in the future, a possibility that Compass is the dominant app on people's phones when they think about real estate? I do. I do yeah. think that still, that the future has a chance of, of, of that happening. But you had a very strong conviction. I still am. Still I, okay, oh, good. I have conviction. Right, good, good, I good. have conviction. <laughs> I think what I've also learned, you asked this question earlier about like what, about the real estate industry of like, you know, I, it's different or it's changed about, I, I think, I think I thought a couple years in, as we were really growing, that like there was gonna be this one dominant thing, like yeah. only one company kind of would own the future. I think I think that less. It's just too big, right? <laughs> and I think like, yes, there will be future consolidation, but there's just too much business out there for then just one singular company, company. to dominate sure. everything. Can't. So do I believe Compass will be one of the dominant players? And like, I think, again, the brand, the consumer, full end-to-end -end platform experience, we're gonna be one of the only ones there because simply we're the only ones investing the money right in this in the technology yeah there's not no a lot of competition in that is regard. investing in it that's the major thing about compass i mean leonard says this so eloquently and I, I think people are starting to get it but i don't think press and investors get it. it's like the the investments we make are investments they're not like they have long time returns yes it's not a diminishing software just gets better and better you don't have to continue to rebuild it every year it's growing and building We're not starting from scratch yeah. exactly yeah. itself so <laughs> there's an enormous foundation laid and it will just get better over time uh -huh. so i think um i still see that world man i still see it okay well you just made this announcement shortly ago and uh, we are recording at an undisclosed location at an undisclosed date, <laughs> but researchers will know. And uh, I, I want you to, to tell, uh, tell us what decision you recently made, why, and what's going on in the future. Yeah, thanks. Uh, well, I mean, it's kind of a perfect place to, to talk about this because like you mentioned, you know, you were literally one of the very small number of people, one of the first people yeah, I number met two. and yeah. worked with yeah. at Compass. I've known you for the entire eight years I've been at the business. That's right. Um, to be able to be here with you today while I also kind of announced to the company today that it was my, my last day at Compass just feels so right to me. So well, thanks for having me on today first. And like, No, I'm uh, full a, circle. I, I appreciate it. And I did not know yeah. until recently. So 
And I think I, I didn't go outwardly uh, for a while. It was something I worked on with Robert. It was very much a, a partnership. This wasn't something where I was like, oh, I, I decided, and then a day later I was gone. I mean, this, this is a many, many month kind of process. Okay. Um, and I actually had been communicating with the leadership team about it earlier this year. I had a sabbatical December and January mm -hmm. that I really thought about, you know, kind of the idea of opening my my heart up to like other entrepreneurs and like helping them, you know, with some of these same challenges that I've gone through over the last eight years at Compass. And, and so I worked out, um, you know, a long-term kind of process over the summer as a transition and stuff. And now, you know, right at this kind of eight year anniversary, it felt like the final time to, to end the, the full-time employment and the, and the advising that I did for a little while with the business this summer. So, you know, gosh, it's, I posted so this video, it's just so much. It's like an emotional thing for me for sure because, 100%. you know, just the, how thankful I am, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's a once in a lifetime experience to, to be able to, one, have a brand that you can grow, two, have it get so big and so many people aware of it. Um, three, just like you said, surrounded by all these amazing people, you know, people of, some people there very short amounts of time, some there with me the entire time. You know, I've got people on my team who I've worked with for almost the entire eight years. That's right. have committed, you know, these people like Paul Blaschew, Haley mm. Marks. Um, Shannon. Shannon, o Shannon O'Donnell Stephanie. was one of those. Stephanie Militello. These people yeah. have been there for, with me for a long time. And so just the family of people becomes very much um, what you think about. You know, the work will change and evolve, but it's the people that you get to meet and work with, which makes it so fun. And I had the best time at Compass. The best. The best, man. Oh Absolutely my gosh. Absolutely the best. Um, How fun was that, huh? Yeah, <laughs> it was. There, I, I think I'll be hard pressed to find another job mm -hmm. in my life that will have the same feeling. I, I, I doubt it, it will happen. Mm -hmm. I hope, I hope. I got some more hits in me. Oh yeah, no, I, uh, you're, you're, I you're a young more, guy. I got some more hits in me, but I, I think I'll be hard pressed to find the same level of like, quality, good, kind people who work their butts off, who are talented, all building one thing sure. for a customer that was so, you know, also passionate and entrepreneurial and excited and like, you know, a part of it too. Cause every agent who, you know, like you the whole time has been a part of growing it just like the employees were. Uh, I think it'll be rare to find that again. What made the decision, the difficult decision to, to move on? For me, it was really just you, you do reach a point where you, you feel like it's time. Mm -hmm. I have had... I mean, a, th a third or fourth of your life was there. Yeah, so. I've had many, <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's also something I learned. I had a creative agency you know, that I did for six years. Yeah. I, I, I left kind of right around the 2008 recession when the company wasn't doing well because we were kind of like... It, uh, it was like I should have left before at, at the right time. When I went to Tribeca, I felt like... I really felt a moment at that place where I was like, oh, this is the right time to go. Mm -hmm. And this is the same with, with Compass. At the end of last year, leading in this year, I was like, it's the right time to go. It was different because I, I knew I wanted it to be a long transition. Yeah. And I knew that I had the partnership with Robert and the other you know, leadership team members, and Greg Hart and others, to, to be able to do it really right and well. And, and so, allow that long transition yes, to exactly. happen. Yeah, you know, there was uh, not everyone gets that opportunity, so I, I, I thank them for that too. Mm -hmm. Kind of that extended opportunity to transition. Mm -hmm. um, 
and now I've already kind of been, I, I wanted to work with other businesses. So I've been advising some other companies, working with a really awesome team at a company called Newfront, which is a, a company in the insurance space, really similar model to Compass. Oh, so, it's insurance tech. Exactly. So it's insure tech. They have, they're building a platform to allow insurance producers to build and grow their business and manage their client interactions. Sound familiar? It's basically a very similar model to the mm -hmm. platform that we've built. At is it a professional back-end facing or is it more consumer facing? No, it's again, it's, back, it's more back-end more back facing. It's more sure. for the clients and mm -hmm. for the producers. So they call producers, their agents, producers. And so, you know, that, then the same thing, like, they're, they're business owners, these producers, right? They have service teams that help support so, them. So you mean producers that are like independent contractor insurance agents? That's exactly right. Uh -huh. Commercial insurance sure. brokers. Yeah, we, yeah, okay, we deal with them on the residential side, exactly. individuals. Exactly. Rather than someone that doesn't want to go through a farmers.com or geico.com, they want to talk to a human being. Right? In this yeah. case, they, like, like literally the new front team members uh, provide the insurance for, to Compass or to Spotify or mm -hmm. these big businesses where they're the point of contact for those clients. Got and it. so there's all kinds of, as you can imagine, incredible complexities to manage the transactions, the renewals, yep. all these things. It's so similar. And so it's been fun to like look at a somewhat similar challenge, but also one that's in a completely different industry and learn about that. This is an early stage company that you're joining? It's a relatively or? early stage. Yeah. You know, they've been around for a few years. They just merged with a, you know, a big incumbent in the industry. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and just had a, a huge round of funding this year. So also just a very uh, exciting business over there. So it's been fun to work with them, working on a rebrand um, and excited to open up to, to talk to other, other founders. You've always been a, a, a fairly entrepreneurial guy, right? With, the, with a lot of other companies that you've started or advised them in the past. Is this, is this something that you want to do one day where you just want to start your own company and just go from scratch or? I think we'll see. I'm still a young guy. I, I am. I am. It's <laughs> definitely, definitely interested in that idea. And I think I've got, you know, some ideas that I, I'm going to see if I can take them, you know, to that level and um, certainly build the, the pitch and some, some products that I think are, are worthy of, of solving for a challenge. It's really about finding out a problem. Yeah. You know, I think that's the biggest thing. As soon as you find a problem that you think like, well, this is not great today. The that's world what, is full of problems. That's what gets me excited. Like there are, but there's also ones that's like it has to connect to what you love. Yes. And what your experience 100%. is, right? It's like, oh, there's a lot of problems. So, that's yeah, for sure. It's like that thin margin right there. What you yeah. like, problems, it's like this. What right? do I want to spend the next like 10 years of my life like working on? I mean, I think about that at Compass, right? Like that was, was something where this industry was that interesting to me. You know, the, the, the opportunity to say, hey, at the end of this time at Compass, can I have helped build the brand where I would like, I love that company and that brand in a space that I didn't see that before. And I, you know, I think now the goal is to try to find that for in another space. That's great. Just on a final note, as a uh, the departing member of Compass, do you have any future advice for brokers? And this will be probably listened to through not just New York City, but other market, you know, other markets that we have. I think something I always talk about is how well do you really know your customers? You know, like you have these relationships with your clients, the people to me who are the best know their clients as well as they know the market, as well as they know the properties, the sure. listings, the technology, and then you can mold all those other pieces, right, around that. 
but how well do you really know them? It's that whole like, you know, I, I for, for years would be on top of our, our teams about how well is your CRM like tagged of the interest, the personal interests of like what those people actually care about yeah. so that you can talk to them, email them, message sure. them, send them stuff that they actually care about. It's right. not, yes, they care about real estate too. But, but they're humans too. Exactly. But they, <laughs> but, but they care about real estate via their own interests. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Right. And so, you know, I think one thing that I learned at Compass, you know, this idea of like, I remember we launched this thing. It's a, a tool that I'm sure you've been on there. It creates a board yep. about feedback. Yep. Of course. You were there before it existed and you were there after. Yep. That thing. Like a simple tool that doesn't cost us a lot of money <laughs> was probably the most definitive innovation we did because it allowed all of you to pile into this area and go like, this is broken. I need this help. Express I need our frustrations. Exactly. Give me, build this thing for me. And then all of you vote up. Up, 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 yeah, up. Yeah. yeah. And just recently we launched a, a completely new version of the email tool mm -hmm. at Compass. And that had like over 2,000 votes. So 2,000 people. At Compass said, Agreed. like, this is, this is good. I need this to be better. And here's all the things I needed to do. And, like, at that, those people got an email when that launched saying, you asked for it. We built we it. We delivered. Go use it. <laughs> and that's a really exciting thing to me. That, that's, that was one of the definitive learnings yeah. that I just didn't think about before Compass. Before Compass. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, try back a film. It's amazing. All right, they're not doing customer surveys. They're just <laughs> making things, right? Thinking because they have taste yeah. and an elevated brand sure. and, and a perspective, a point of view. And yeah. for some businesses like film, that makes sure. sense. But for the vast majority of ones and your business, like what do your clients care about? Right. Uh, I think is most important. Right. Well, uh, I, I just want to end on a note of, uh, well, it's an honor. Thank you for your time. Um, just having our conversations, I it's come to my realization that there's been so many great memories of growing this company. And, you know, we, when we talked about like traveling, let me talk about, you know, going to, you know, Aspen yeah. and, and San Francisco, Boston together, you know, DC, LA, it, all of these around the country, Miami. I mean, you know, partying together in Miami yeah. and, and Austin. I mean, Going to not just about the parties, but the networking, but having the experience of growing something together and also traveling to so many different cities and meeting, again, the people, the interesting people, the, you know, the intellectually stimulating leaders that we have across the nation. It's really something special. And I hope that you get to replicate that, or at least maybe in a different way, maybe yeah. not the exact way, but you get to replicate that in your future endeavors. And um, I know you'll always be a supporter and a champion of Compass and uh, I just want to say uh, thank you for all of your time and effort and sweat equity and energy and dinners and travels and right. everything that we got to do together. So um, thank, thank you, you for Talk. that. Yeah, that means a lot, man. Like yeah. I said, you're um, you know, one of these rare people who were able to also go through that experience with me and, and a few others. And so um, it's very meaningful. It's a privilege. Yeah, Ultimately, definitely a privilege. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, please follow Matt Spangler. We'll put it on the show notes on Instagram for his future next journeys. And uh, 